podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Saturday Draft Live. For over one year, the revolutionary force in wrestling fantasy drafting. Hello, welcome to Saturday Draft Live. Is that dramatic voiceover man just said, yes, we've been doing this for a whole year of analysing fake wrestling and talking absolute shit while doing it. What a laugh it's been. I am Scott McLeod. I've been here for all but one episode. Uh, every episode except for one this last year and I look forward to going through more We're starting a new season season 7 all the draft it should be a very interesting show the show will probably be a bit longer than you're used to because there's a lot to get through help me go through it as uh, last season's winner Jack Graham yes that is right the the rightful winner of season 6 of the draft and obviously I've got my my opportunity to use but we'll We'll wait and see what happens with that later on. But yes, having a, a very good place right now after winning last season and where I am this season so far. So I can't complain, Scott, my friend. Very good. Uh, yeah, just a wee offhand question here. I asked Davis on when we did Central last week, but Jack, what's your favourite Christmas movie? Love Actually. Oh, fuck off. Yes, Jack. Uh, my, my, my guy, my guy. It's written in the wind. It's, it's everywhere I go. Yeah. So if you really love Christmas, come let it snow. And David Hockley is also here, and I hate you both. I'm, yeah, right. I'm, putting, I'm putting this sitting right into the group chat. I need two new co-hosts. You, 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 you forgot to give me my full title, Scott. I am your reigning defending co-ESSR champion. Yeah, you don't deserve that introduction after after that. Fucking talking about love, actually, and all that crap. <laughs> Fucking depressing. That's not why... I want for my Christmas. As, as I said, you've got a guy that goes to America to get an orgy. What more do you want? Yep. I mean, Chris Marshall's doing it right. Oh, yes. I'm surprised they haven't had a picture of that on a Christmas card that you send your grand. But we'll move on <laughs> to the draft. And we've got the top three of the week. That's how we usually start things off. And we should also just mention, we, we promised it on the draft selection show. And we, we mean, we will keep this promise. This, season going forward we will be calling everything straight down the middle you know no favoritism none of that we will be calling it down the middle basically we call things as we see it if we think someone's made a good choice or something went well for somebody we'll we'll give them their just dues but if we think something is questionable then we will not be afraid to say it no matter who it is please do not take it personally but uh, David Hockney one of your picks is in the top three this week with nine points, and that is Asuka, the current mm-hmm. Raw Women's Champion. I think getting one of your picks in the top three is uh, just as good a start as you can hope for at the start of a new season. Yeah, definitely. You know, Asuka was a big scorer last season, so I figured, you know, when it was my turn to draft, I think, wait a minute, she's been undrafted. I think it was too good an opportunity not to pick her, and she's also been announced for uh, a title match at TLC. So here's hoping that, you know, she can bring in some more points. Uh, in about a couple of weeks' time, so I, I think it's a good start having Asuka in the in the top three. It's just weird because you were drafting from what 
seventh, I think, position. Yeah. Seventh or eighth, I think if you include, obviously, Grant drafting with everybody else, even though he's in relegation. Uh, so, like, it's weird given that how high Asuka ranked overall in the top ten last season, that it took so long for her to get drafted. Like, you thought somebody would have taken her before you. Yeah, to be honest, I think a couple of the guys who drafted earlier than me kind of fluffed it with uh, who they who they were choosing. So, uh, and I'm actually quite fortunate to have actually got such a really good pick as Asuka, given I was so far down the pecking order. And I was in the same position last season too. I think I was positioned around 7th or 8th. But yeah, I finished 3rd overall. So hopefully history can repeat itself and I at least get a strong finish this season, if not, probably. I think winning sounds a bit optimistic at this stage, but I'll do for a... Another top three finish this time around. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Grant, uh, Jeff, will come to you for this next person in the top three. Kind of technically tied with Asuka, nine points, but this person got a major win in the first week of the season. And well, something that I think will give Grant that little bit of an edge in his relegation battle. Kerry Omega, the new AEW world champion. Yeah, it was an absolutely <clears throat> right, rightful first pick, like first round pick, Kenny Omega. Uh, this time of this season, I think it was a not that it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to win, but I think you could put a pretty decent bet on Kenny Omega beating John Moxley, and then obviously the events that have happened after that, he's going to be appearing on Impact this Tuesday, but that won't get Grant any points because that's not part of the draft scoring. But as you said, edges uh, David Campbell a lot in purgatory. Also, Grant got a draft from second, I believe he's drafted first third, second, whatever it is, he's drafted like the top three or top mm-hmm. four like every time he's competing in this draft and then yeah. you had David Campbell who drafted just before me so there's a quite quite a parallel on who they could pick at that time and it's clearly shown that Grant being able to get that world title win for Kenny Omega mm-hmm. I think some people may have been wary about picking Kenny Omega because of the, the news that he was working through an injury and kind of putting off getting the surgery but I think Grant took the risk on Kenny that they would still put the belt on him and I think it's worked out for him. I don't see Kenny wrestling a lot for the rest of the season if he is injured because as I said to David on on Central that the way they do things with the EW World Champion, the champion doesn't often wrestle so you just have Kenny wrestle here, he'll probably have to wrestle at Triple A because he's booked for that as the champion but I think he can go the rest of the season leading up to Revolution without wrestling just so he can gee is like his injury time he heal and he can rehab it a bit more. So you'll get a hell of a lot of appearance points for Grab. I don't see him wrestling all that often. Also got to look at kind of what's going to happen next for John Moxley as well. What's mm. where's where's his direction? Where's he going to go? So it's a bit of a it's just it's a it's a blinder by by Grant. I think got to respect it. Mm, yeah, I think obviously he had to. Like I said he took a risk even even though Kenny was injured. So it showed that that paid off. But Gary Kernan, his pick is in the number one position with 11 points. A man we were used to seeing at number one over the last couple of seasons. Uh, Drew McIntyre is in at number one and with 11 points, the reigning WWE champion. Obviously, I don't think McIntyre's stocks went down anymore over the last couple of seasons. I think he, like Rowan Reigns, will continue to be a first-round pick that a lot of people will be vying for. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. Honestly, Drew, I think Drew's pretty much cemented himself as maybe a top, not not just a first round pick, but I think he's going to be one of the first like uh, three picks to be made in any season going forward. Like, and I honestly, 
I'm honestly baffled how nobody picked him first or second. Uh, he had to be pushed until third ahead of, say, uh, Io Shirai and Roman Reigns. I mean, I, I could see why Roman Reigns would go before him. Grant also went with Kenny Omega, and well, that kind of paid off for him, so I can't really argue with that. I think with Io Shirai being picked by Derek, uh, I don't want to, like, as a normal record, it's been earlier, but I don't want to criticise Derek's choice because Io is a women's champion and this is Derek's first season. So I can see uh, the why you would choose that. But yeah, given that Drew is the WWE champion and given recent success, I'm surprised that Grant didn't uh, pick Drew. But, you know, like going fourth and still being in the first round, it's not a bad position to be in. I did give some people like myself also they might be still available, but I'm happy with my first round pick with Sasha Banks. Hi, she's got her match coming up with Carmela at TLC. I don't think they'll take the belt off. Sasha Banks so soon and that they kind of need to give her a substantial reign as women's champion I think so I think that'll be a good amount of points coming your way Scott when that happens and Drew's also defending against AJ Styles at TLC which I'm I'm leaning more towards him retaining as well I could probably actually see him holding the title all the way to Wrestlemania if I'm being honest yeah I think both he and Roman it's a fair bet that both of them will be the Universal and WWE champions going into Wrestlemania and what you were saying, Jack, about Sasha, I think that the main reason I thought she was a good enough choice with, over Asuka, you know, choosing the SmackDown champion over the Raw Women's champion was, you know, they had Sasha beat Asuka at the after they said, oh, she's had trouble beating Asuka in the past, and, well, they had her finally successful defend the titles. So I think this reign that she's currently on is about kind of making up for the the mistakes from her previous reigns, like not being able to successfully defend the title, beating people she couldn't beat before is probably the reason why I picked her, but we're not here to talk about me. But we will go to the top 10 of the main season. Uh, we'll get to the relegation people in a moment. But the top 10, as it stands, quite interesting after the first week. Uh, in 10th uh, in his debut season, with only five points, but again, it's only the first week as Strack. Uh, we have sort of a three-way tie for 7th. Instead of an 8th and ninth here, we have, uh, I should say, Strack, seems as the Strack Aid Society. He's uh, made a change to his name. But uh, Ryan with the Boss Sackers, Derek with Team Get Up Me Klaku, and the Kings of the Draft led by Steve Wilson all tied with 7th with 13 points respectively. David, uh, your team in since 6th with 16 points, the West End Country Club. God, what a total. Oi. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But uh, Team Viscera and Team Drafted and Easy, that's myself and Gary's. Teams both tied for 18 points in fourth place. Uh, Klaku doing very well in his return season. 19 and a half points with Team Furlow Endeavoured. And Jack, you and Ross are tied for uh, the top position with 25 points apiece. How do you feel about that? Uh, splendid, splendid. Because I think I got laughed at for a lot of my picks that I made in the in the draft uh, kickoff show and. It's it's working well in my in my favour now, so I can't I can't complain too much, especially when I have to draft from the very last position out of twelve folk, and I'm doing better than the majority. Yeah, it's a good uh, good first week, and obviously, like you said, drafting from not just out of the ten, but also the two people in relegation were uh, were drafting all with everybody else. Essentially, you're drafting from twelve, so. I just go to show again some of the picks that you made that you're in the top position alongside Ross. 
obviously, you and Ross will soon be going head-to-head and book it, so there'll be no ties there. There will be one clear winner there. Uh, there will be in that. If that Ross McClay will to show up, you know, we, we'll never know what happens or how he might turn up about 10, 15 minutes late, but that's just what we're kind of used to with Ross, Ross these days. But I'll, I'll do our best for the Saturday Draft Live boys to, to win and bring us through to the semi-finals of the tournament. So... <laughs> Can you make it two seasons in a row, Jack, with the ESSR draft? Well, I mean, anything's possible. My, my goal was that, obviously, we, we kind of said, we've already got what we want, don't we? We've already won a season each. We're just, we're just here competing, just have a good time with it. But I, would, I didn't expect to find myself in that top position, especially with the team that I've got, because, let's be, let's be frank, it's a bit of a meme team, isn't it, with some of the picks that I've made. So... I I'm I'm relatively happy, and if I get a back-to-back draft win, then fucking get up, everyone. <laughs> I mean, I, some of your picks we will talk about in a little bit, but usually when we look at the top ten of the the first week, I try not to judge certain people's positions because obviously it's still a ways to go in terms of like the length of the season. Even though this is kind of the shortest season, out of the ones that we do from Severity to Rumble. Uh, but I do think this whole like top ten uh, will change drastically. I think post uh, War Games this Sunday because there's quite a bit of NXT representation. Like literally everybody who's in the men's War Games has been picked, uh, and I think just about everybody in the the women's War Games has been picked. I think there may be one or two who aren't drafted, but and then also you got everybody in the Triple Threat has been drafted. Nobody has uh, the anybody in the Strap Match, but so there's a lot of representation uh, on NXT side, which I said probably would happen with war games happening. There'd be no AEW pay-per-view this season. So I think uh, the results coming out of war games will be very telling. Mm-hmm. Ah, it's, it's, it's going to, as you say, it's going to drastically change the table, I think, especially with the, with the amount of representation we've got. And I think it's not even just like, oh, we've got one one compare just being in one match you know like I've got two representatives in war games in two different matches and that's the same for a lot of folk so like okay. it could just after Sunday we see it come Monday it could be a big change yeah, yeah I've got no representation for war games whatsoever I'm more AEW heavy this, t- this time around yeah I'm at okay, the midpoint of the table I'm hoping given that especially my captains are in one of the war games matches I'm hoping that a win in there will help propel me to a higher position come next week. But we'll move away from the top 10 of the main season and take a trip over to Draft Purgatory, where uh, Grant and the Goat sit, and Grant says, Hey Goat, what are we going to do this week? Same thing we do every week, Grant. Try to escape relegation. (laughs) Cue the Pinky and the Brain theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Grant has the the big advantage out the first week going at 21 points to David Campbell's 8 points and I do believe Kenny Omega is Grant's captain if I'm not mistaken yep. yeah. so he is. immediately that's a big like gap and obviously we have to do talk about the fact that the positions comparisons to where they were it was all determined by the fate of the wheel and the wheel determined that Grant picked third overall and David Campbell had to pick second last which I'm, I'm sure he wasn't happy with but no, I don't want to say it's a marathon. It's more of a 10K this season. It's not a sprint. It's a 10K. But 
So I think there is still time for David Campbell to make up those points. What do you think like David Campbell needs to hope for in order to kind of make up those points and catch up to De Grant? He needs Naya and Shayna to retain the women's tag team championships for a start, and he needs Carmella to win the SmackDown Women's Championship. So he's got two two title uh, representations at TLC, but I think it doesn't look likely that uh, Carmella's going to win the SmackDown Women's title. Nia and Shayna may or may not retain. I think that's a bit up in the air at this stage, but I think it's only going to get worse for, for Campbell going on out because Grant also has Raw Tag Team Champions The New Day, Tony Storm, MJF, and Pete Dunne. So a very diverse representation of across Raw, AEW, and NXT. So I, I think Grant's definitely in the better position, especially with AEW champion Kenny Omega as his team captain. Got a look as well. Uh, David Campbell picked Braun Strowman because he thought it was an absolute certainty after reading the rumours that that was going to be the match at TLC, but neglected to read what else was kind of happening and that he's actually been kayfabe written out because he's injured and he's having to get like some sort of surgery or rehab on whatever his injury is so then you've got take that out of the equation obviously Carmella Dwayne's going to win Bailey's going to go into that feud with uh, Bianca Belair you've got Nyan Shayna who he wants to defend the titles but is John Silver and Murphy enough to carry him to beat Grant I don't know I don't know I think they're they're hoping for like big things for, for Murphy I think on Smackdown you know, you got Bailey in a feud with Bianca Belair, which, you know, that could go either way. Bailey's usually a consistent performer. But I do think this feud that she's in is all about helping elevate Bianca. And I think Wade does hope, uh, less so on his side, but for Grant's team, I think David Cameron needs to hope that, as I said earlier, Kenny Omega doesn't wrestle as often, as I said. And that, obviously, there have been talks that the, the heart business team of Shelton and Cedric, who you've got, David, Mm-hmm. On a side team, it's been really set that a lot of people think they're going to be the guys to take the belts from New Day. So I think Gamble needs to hope that they do lose the belts to them, uh, which because that would then lose some valuable points for for Grant. And yeah, that uh, would help maybe help Campbell keep up. I mean, Silver could get some wins on Dark. You know, David Campbell's favourite show. And yeah, maybe. I think a nine-year retention. I'm not sure how that's going to go, given that they're doing the full storyline with Lana and her redemption, even though no one cares about her. I don't know. <laughs> I, everyone I who cares doesn't I, care about her. And <laughs> I even said on Central this week, it would not surprise me if like this became a tables match and they pull out another fluky win for her. And also the Braun Strowman thing. If you wanted to know more about the details about Braun Strowman getting injured and being out of the TLC match. Uh, with Drew, then you can listen to me and David on this week's ESSR Central where we break all that stuff down as well as many other plans for, uh, for TLC because we said when we looked at the planned matches for TLC, all the table matches we mentioned Nia and Shayna versus Asuka and Lana, we mentioned Drew versus AJ, I mentioned that it was weird that Carmella and uh, that Shasta wasn't being reported but you know, that's been confirmed this past week on SmackDown so yeah, it's 21 points day. I think Campbell's helped a little bit by the fact that you know he's got quite a bit of SmackDown representation with Bailey, Carmella, and Murphy. Uh, the annoying thing about Bailey is that she actually appeared in a, a thing a dot com exclusive video like backstage with Bank about it for that. It wasn't on the show, which I think I've, I've had that in the past where you see somebody you see a video and there is usually oh so and so appeared and it comes up like dot com exclusive and you're like ah oh, fuck off. 
<laughs> so it's frustrating, Abley. Put them on the main show. I need my points. Look, this is a, a really important season, mainly for the guys in Purgatory because of what they're fighting for for next season. But, David, I think you could explain to listeners how it's an important season for them as well, how they can get involved in the draft. Yep. So if you keep uh, if you keep up to date with us on the Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet community page, you'll notice we put out a post where we actually got our listeners to get involved with this season of the draft. And it is only a short one, so uh, hopefully this can encourage some future participation. But we actually have uh, seven listeners who have actually inputted their own teams based on our round selections. So they picked, uh, they looked at our draft selections on each round and they had to pick one from each round to represent a team of their own and we have our own listeners league uh to uh to keep track of this season as well and i have to say quite a few of them are actually doing a lot better than most of us are currently doing right now uh so we have uh ryan dalgleish with the socially distanced stable on 10 points uh sitting at the bottom <laughs> So yeah, Ryan's team consists of the Street Profits, Alexa Bless, Sami Zayn, John Moxley, Damian Priest, and Kaylee Ray. Uh, yeah, I think obviously with Moxley losing, that was a bit of a, a letdown on his part. But the Street Profits are his team captain. You know, they've been a consistent tag team. So maybe it's just a bit of a rough start. He could always bounce back in a few weeks. We have... Gary Morris next with 16 points. His team name is Quizzy Rascals. Uh, his team consists of Larkin and Birch, Drew McIntyre, Ray Ripley, John Moxley, Santos Escobar, and once again, Kaylee Ray. Drew McIntyre, obviously his team captain, so I think that's what's helped elevate him above uh, Ryan this week. But putting the captaincy on Drew, definitely a no-brainer for this season. Next, we have Big Alan Laurie on 20 points. Uh, and apparently it's, his team is no team name given. Uh, so yeah, his team is the Street Profits, Sasha Banks, Big E, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, and Dakota Kai. Quite a bit of a, a mixed bag, uh, mostly SmackDown heavy, and uh, with a few representation from NXT as well. His captain is going to be Sasha Banks. I think that's probably a wise decision given what we've just discussed mm-hmm. for TLC. Uh, next, we have Mark Hume with Team You Done Goofed on twenty-one points. Uh, his team consists of the Street Profits, AJ Styles, who's his team captain. He also has Hikaru Shida, Braun Strowman, Kevin Owens, and Kaylee Ray. Uh, as, as we mentioned before, Braun Strowman's written off with injuries, so I think this uh, this sudden surge with uh, AJ Styles as his team captain may have got him off to a good start, but is Braun Strowman going to hamper him in, in the coming weeks? We'll need to find out. Uh, actually, also tied with Mark uh, in third place in the Listeners League is Tom Brock with the Royal Boys, also on 21 points. And his team consists of the Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, who's his team captain. He also has Bianca Belair, Cody, Kevin Owens, and once again, Kaylee Ray. So I think he's the only person in the listeners league who's just picked the Young Bucks as his tag team, the AEW tag team champions. But he's obviously played a blinder, same as Grant, with Kenny Omega as his team captain. So he's off to a flying start, uh, just uh, just as Mark is. So here's hoping you know he can continue that momentum. Second place, we have Colin Blackburn with Koshi's elite team on 24 points. He's picked Team Fishing Rod, Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong, uh, Drew McIntyre, who's his team captain, Tony Storm, Randy Orton, Matt Riddle, and Dakota Kai. 
very strong team on paper. You know, Fish and Strong are going to be in war games. Drew McIntyre's had a hell of a week. He's uh, got some points on that front. Randy Orton's appeared a few times in a feud with The Fiend. Tony Storm's going to, and Dakota Kai both going to be in the women's war games match. And then Riddles is sort of acting as a support. So I think, you know, Colin's actually done a pretty good job here with his, uh, with his team here. But in the leads of the Listeners League, we have Team Jesters, where the E's are replaced by the number three, uh, with Robert Shaw on 26 points. And his team consists of the Street Profits, Drew McIntyre, Rhea Ripley, MJF, Johnny Gargano, and Dakota Kai. Like, mostly NXT heavy, but he does have representation from Raw, SmackDown, and AEW. Like, a high-scoring tag team with the Street Profits. Drew McIntyre is his team captain. That's I can see that's going to be the running trend for this season, because, but it doesn't surprise me. You know, Drew's been a top scorer, and I think it's uh, reflective in what our listeners have picked. So that's the Listener's League for this week. We'll keep up to date with it every single week, and we'll let you know who's going to be winning this season's Listener League. I think it's a good idea this like getting people kind of involved with the, the show and the draft obviously they pick from the picks that we've all made and clearly everybody's picked some very heavy hitters Drew McIntyre seems to be the most consistent choice for team captain I think at least three guys have chosen Drew as their captain which again I can understand mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting that uh, Ryan's chosen Street Robbins as his captain you know, I think the only person I to choose a, a tag team as his captain. And mm. what's interesting, I want to mention Keely Ray for a second because she was the only NXT UK picked overall in the main scene was by Gary, or maybe by Ollie is more accurate. <laughs> uh, but I think a lot of people like didn't even think about NXT UK. I think we'd almost forgotten, even though we'd all been talking about the dragging off Walter match from a few weeks ago. People kind of forgot that NXT UK is now like back in consideration uh, as it used to be before like, it stopped doing shows because of the COVID. And do you think this is a smart pick for Gary? Like, because on the paper, he has probably one of the strongest teams. A lot of people were talking about that coming out of the selection show. Do you think the one question we'll pick on his team may be Kiaway because, you know, the, the tape nature of XT UK, we're not guaranteed that everybody's going to be on every week. And obviously, as a champion, she's not guaranteed to wrestle a whole lot. I don't know. It's... Obviously, I've, I've picked from NXT UK before in previous seasons, and I feel that it has hampered me a bit, especially when we don't have like a an NXT UK takeover coming up. It's, it's off. I feel like NXT UK has only really benefited if there is a UK takeover mm-hmm. on the horizon, and that is not happening now. So, I'd, obviously, she didn't appear last on Thursday's episode NXT UK there the big story is like Ginny and Piper and Evan coming up fighting each other and that's off the back of that triple threat women's match that happened the night before so the women's champion wasn't even on the show it's it's a weird one because I don't know the direction of what's going to happen and it's, sometimes the champions in NXT UK might not appear for a couple of weeks and they're just randomly back again so it's, it is a big gamble I think taking in from NXT UK Nah, you know, I'm the same. I don't think I've ever picked an NXT UK representative, uh, not off the top of my head at least, because, you know, we've done we've done six seasons now, and I can't recall the last time I had an NXT UK person on my team whatsoever for that very reason. It's because NXT UK tapes its shows in bulk and releases them on a weekly basis, so it's, it's there's no guarantee the same person's going to appear every single week. And as Jack mentioned, the only time I think having an NXT UK pick is beneficial is when there's a, a UK takeover coming up and that's not going to be the case this season. 
Yeah, just I think Everly had done uh, two key picks twice. And that was in the first couple of seasons, and then I think from there I kind of stayed away from, from NXT UK. Uh, but I just thought I'd throw that out there. Because I'm not saying it's a bad pick, but I'm just saying that, again, it's no guarantee, especially in the, the, the season that's a lot shorter than usual. I think it was, if this was like the summer, the immediate SummerSlam season, I'd be more understanding because there's more opportunities for that person to appear, even if there's a takeover. But I think a season like this, it's a bit questionable to choose an NXT UK person. It's just my opinion. Uh, I'd also must say about this listener league here, some of the names that people have chosen here are better than some of the teams chosen, like the team names chosen for the main league. <laughs> you know, the rascals and everything and all that, especially in the socially distanced stable. I quite like the names here. And obviously, everybody here has chosen some big hitters all around, I think. You know, like you said, some people seem a bit more well-balanced than others. Yeah. And I guess this league will... Uh, will definitely look a whole lot different after after a war game, especially like with Colin. I think he'll take maybe the number one spot if like undisputed error won in war games, he may be within a chance to take the top spot. Or well, maybe he might lose some points if Tony loses on uh, on Candace's team. But yeah, like a lot more NXT people I see here like than AEW picks from the listeners league. Mm-hmm. Uh, although one one faux pie will mention about the team names is Tom Brock's team of the Royal Boys when he has uh, two women on his team bit sexist much <laughs> okay I think we're looking too, bit, too much into it but I can see your point there David <laughs> I can see where you're coming from but we like to sometimes on the first like show of the season uh, look a bit more in depth at some people's picks that after the draft lights and after the dust is settled and give our opinions on how certain picks will fare, even from our own team, from our co-host team and some other. We won't spend too much time on that because also we've got other things to get to. But there are one or two picks I want to talk about. We've already talked about Kaylee Ray and Kenny Omega and people like that. But uh, Jack, it has to be said, again, we're calling it right in the middle, so we can't be afraid to give our, our honest opinions, our honest analysis on picks, even if it's from one of our own. So Jack, I must say, what the fuck were you thinking with Miro and Kip Sabian? <laughs> I panicked. I panicked. I, I, my plan was that I was either going to take Nia and Shayna because obviously they were drafted singles competitors last season and I was hoping, right, hopefully no one takes them and I can just get it. But my men's pick, I was either going to go with Drake Maverick and Killian Dane or <laughs> uh, Grizzled Young Veterans. And I forgot to write Grizzled Young Veterans down and I shot out by taking Drake Maverick and Killian Dane because I've been on in a few weeks and I was just. I was like, fuck, who am I going to take? Because I kind of forgot that a, how how deep AEW's tag team division is. And I was like, right, me and Sabian, they're, they're, they're just a new thing. They wouldn't be quite featured a lot. I was like, fuck it, just take them. And I kind of instantly regretted it as soon as I said it. But, I mean, that, the end the end of the kind of Battle Royal thing that happened, the, this, this match with Best Friends is going to come up at some point. And I think that if they might just appear together, I don't know. They won't get a lot of points, I don't think, but ah, fucking, I don't, I don't <laughs> care. I panicked. <laughs> like, you could have had best friends, you could have had private party, grizzled young vets, as you said. I think we'd all forgotten about grizzled young vets until Quacky said Zach Gibson uh, at the end. You know, somebody who's not, I don't think, could be considered an NXT UK pick. He's now officially a main NXT pick. But yeah, I remember when you came with Miro and Steven, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> Honestly, I panicked so much. 
I just didn't know. I, I was, I think, out of, out of all my picks, I think that was the, my tag team was the one I was iffy about because I, there is so many ways you can go with it. Obviously, I was reaching at straws wanting to get like Cedric and Shelton and I was thinking, oh, even some members of Team Taz, but Stephen took them and it was, I, 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 I just panicked. I didn't know what to do. I don't, I don't know your thing. Uh, the pressure of last place I think got to you. You know, I don't want to quite say this is an India share situation here, but well, at least know, they've got a point. Yeah, you got a point. Uh, and we'll see how the spares for you. Oh, yeah, they are fairly new, but I can see them see Miro wrestling more singles matches than anything else. But I can I see where you're coming from. Uh, I mean, I, don't, I think it is one of the more questionable teams that uh, tie teams on the. I've been picked, you know, Shida and Naya, I actually put them down as a potential pick because uh, it would take away two singles picks at the same time and it also takes a set of tag team champions, so fair dues to Campbell for choosing them. I was actually, I was, because after, we, I think because we mentioned how strong Bobby uh, Fish and Roderick Strong would be vi- a viable team, I think, especially given that they probably would be going after the, the tag titles after war games. I thought somebody would have surely like been listening to that and taped them before I got to them. And so that's why I was so happy when they came to me. I'm like, yes, my tight team, my first choice is still available. Because if I hadn't, if they got taken, then I would have probably went for Cedric and Shelton, which you've taken, David. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I wasn't going to let the heart business uh, go fully undrafted this season. So, I mean, I saw what Gary did last season with Lashley and MVP, and it did wonders for him. So, and now that these two are challenging the New Day for the Raw Tag Team Championships, I thought, you know, this was too good an opportunity to miss. So, uh, you know, it's a bit, it's a bit unorthodox because I'm usually quite systematic with my selections. But, um, yeah, I, I took a chance with Cedric and Shelton in the hope that it will pay off. But in hindsight, I have noticed that my team is very AEW heavy this season. There's no scheduled AEW pay-per-view this season. So that might have been a bit of a faux pas on, on my front. I could have done with some NXT representation given War Games. I mean, uh, Reynolds and Brandy would probably appear quite a bit on Dark, so there's still there's mm-hmm. still that. And I think a Butcher and Blade wrestle quite a bit on Dark. Maybe Eddie Kingston can accompany them to the ring. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, a couple of other people I think are, have interest in tie teams is Ross, who chose the other two members of uh, Undisputed Eric Cole and O'Reilly, which will help with war games. And uh, Stephen went with Team Taz, Ricky Starks and Brian Cage as a tie team. What do you think I think of that particular choice? Uh, Team Taz is a bit of an odd one because obviously you can't forget, um, you know, Big Hobbs as well. And mm-hmm. I think that was the the situation they had this week is that rotational basis. I think it was uh, Starks and Hobbs or was it Cajun Hobbs that were competing instead. So that only damages uh, Stephen's chance of getting tag team points. I think Ross picking Colin O'Reilly was more of a, a tactical decision, if I'm being honest, because Adam Cole's a great performer singles-wise, and I don't think Kyle O'Reilly's been drafted as a singles competitor before. So I think this was for the purpose of anybody stealing Adam Cole as a singles pick. So that, that that's my thinking on it, at least. With Strike's team, I don't want to, again, be judging people when it's their first season. I just noticed here, it's pretty much all Wednesday night people, or maybe Tuesday night if they appeared on Dark. Because like, you've got Lucha Brothers, Pack, Thunder Rosa... Champa, Gargano, and Jay Cargill. Literally, literally no Raw people, no SmackDown people. And I think, uh, given it's the first kind of week and not everybody was appearing on uh, the both Wednesday night shows, I think that is part of the reason why Strack is currently in 10th position. 
Mm. Well, Strack's team might be a bit of a slow burner because, you know, Pack and the Lucha Brothers could turn up again uh, at any point and all three of them will appear together. So that'll be collective points for him. And if they compete in six-man tag team action, you know, that's even more points for him. Thunder Rosa, I think, is a bit of a sleeper pick for him because she's appearing more and more regularly on AEW. She could, uh, you know, be in contention for the AEW women's title. And he's got both members of DIY uh, on his team as well. Champa, you know, he could get a big win against Timothy Thatcher at take, uh, War Games. Uh, but he might get let down by Johnny Gargano if he loses another NXT North American title match. Uh, Jade Cargill, you know, she could be a bit of a wild card this season. I've only seen her once uh, in AEW, and that was before the season kickoff. So I don't really know what to expect uh, with her. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's the one that I'm most unsure about. I think she's still fairly new. Uh, and it's weird because the last round seems to be where a lot of people's kind of strange like, wildcard picks get chosen. Usually you got uh, Grant with Abaddon, you got Dave uh, Cargo, as we mentioned, David, as why you chose Alex Reynolds. They even chose Wrecking, who was shockingly revealed to be uh, Mia Yim all along. Wait, so what? It was me, Austin. It was me all along. It was Mia, Austin. Ross took Aliyah Mysterio. I think would have been. I think Ross would have been better taking, picking Dominic, really, because I think Dominic. I think Dominic will change the same goal. I think Dominic may occasionally tag team with Murphy. I think that may be the direction they're going. And then Jack, he chose Paul Heyman, which I think could be a situation similar to when Ross chose uh, Luna Vega. Back mm-hmm. in season five, with it constantly appearing in multiple segments alongside his, uh, oh. his client and Believe- picking up multiple appearance points. Believe it or not, after the first week, Paul Heyman is actually the highest scoring fifth round singles pick this uh, this week. Go figure. Jack Graham was a stroke of genius in the draft. Who would have thought it? Oh, eh? hang on. Oh, hang on. I stand corrected. He's joint first with Orange Cassidy and Dakota Kai. So still first then, right? Still first, sound. yeah. Someone who I'm surprised didn't get drafted. And you guys may have people you're surprised didn't get picked either, but for me, Hangman Page going undrafted was weird. And yeah. I actually was, was I was kind of wrestling with the idea, like, do I go with Orange Cassidy or do I go with Hangman Page? And I thought, he's really my only my only real AEW pick here. And so I want somebody who could appear on either Dark or Demi as soon as we established that Dark was still going to get counted this season. So I wanted someone who could appear on both shows. And so I just went with Orange Cassidy and like he appeared something best friends to their match at, on Dark and then he was in that Battle Royal. So I think given that he said he's tied with for best scoring like fifth round pick, I think I've I've made a better decision here. But it's a shame because Hangman, you know, I think is being set up for bigger things, but maybe those will come in like season eight because obviously he's coming off that loss to, to Kenny at full gear. Yeah, I think uh, Orange Cassidy is going to be one to watch this season. But, you know, I think with uh, Paul Heyman at the helm, you know, making regular appearance points, it did wonders for Zelina Vega in the se- in the never-ending season uh, from WrestleMania to SummerSlam. But it just goes to show, you know, even having just a, a manager in your team could still give you tons of appearance points, especially if they're with a main event star. Because you've got to look next week as well when you've got... Orange Cassidy going up against MGF for that diamond ring thing, especially the kind of dissensions within the inner circle now. Will Orange Cassidy have that $50,000 ring? I said to David on, on Central, if Orange Cassidy wins the dynamite diamond ring, you'll never see it because he'll have his hands in his pockets all the time. <laughs> that was very true, actually. I think, Ross, 
is going for the same thing that you're going you went for with Paul Heyman and what he went for with Selena Vega a few seasons ago by picking Elia Mysterio because she that's basically what she is now. She's always in the corner of, of Murphy wherever he seems to go. So I think it benefits both Campbell and Buddy Ross if Aaliyah, the more Aaliyah and Buddy Murphy appear together. Because also the rumours of a potential wedding angle happening at some point and we all know how well those go in wrestling. <laughs> I think Aaliyah is a weird one. Uh, I think it's obviously he had to pick a, a female competitor at his fifth round pick but I know I, I get it but I don't know if she'll reach the heights that Zelina Vega did I, I think you can say like by, by this point where he was like picking like 10th overall and in the fifth round like female picks are hard to kind of come by look at Steven but he has first would have been better off picking Dana Brooke given that she beat Reckoning on Raw this past week eh, poor me again eh uh, but, yeah, I can see where he was coming from for that. Is there any other picks looking at the, the season in the main league, both in relegation and the main top ten, that you guys look at that stand out to you that you want to briefly mention? Uh, I think the only one that really screamed out to me was Pat McAfee on Stephen's team. <laughs> I mean, he's actually, it's, believe it or not, Pat McAfee's currently his highest scoring competitor at the moment. But, my God, like, I'm... You just know he's going to get his ass kicked in war games, and I don't know when he'll appear again in the in NXT. You know, he, he might still appear regularly, but match wise, I'm, I'm not so sure. I mean, it's a if they pull out the surprise win at war games, then fair play to him for picking Pat. But oh, I don't know if if I was that gutsy, uh, I probably would have picked him, but I'm not, so I I can't comment on that. <laughs> I mean. Uh, we everybody in that war games was getting picked, and then we we're all like, I think we were, I almost said in a joking way, like, oh, who's going to be bold enough to pick Pat McAfee? And then Stephen went for it, and I'm not sure how you feel about that because I don't know what's going to happen at war games. I'm hopeful for Street there one because they're in my team, but you know I don't think even if even if uh, Pat's team do lose, the it won't be the last we see of them in NXT. I think. He and Adam Cole at some point will have a rematch one-on-one. Pat, Mc- Pat McAfee is Stevens' team captain as well. Just uh, put that out there. All right. Well, there you go. So, I don't know what's going to happen there. But, you know what? If it does, like you said, if it does happen at Wargames where his team does win, then fair play to him. I mean, I, don't, I hope they don't. But, you know, because <laughs> I think Undisputed Era are kind of made Wargames their match and now that they're going as the good guys. Uh, kind of makes sense. I'm, not, I'm trying to just look at it, like trying to look at it from a storyline perspective. But you know, it, it could happen. Like I said, we talked about it on Central, dude, that this could this probably won't be the end of this feud because you know we still got Lockin and Burt's tie chance and everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you, you never know what's actually going to happen. Jack, do anybody you like what stands out to you that you want to mention before we move on? Uh, I don't think I do. I think everyone's drafted really well. I was like, maybe if I had to be picky, obviously Strax went all Wednesday night, hasn't he? But that's just it's it's kind of what you expect for Strax. But hey, it's still a good team. He's managed to get there from Wednesday night. So obviously, I think Derek Derek being a newbie as well. He's a he made a couple of slips. I think some of his picks like 
Nicky Cross, Archer being the second round pick, Eo Shirai being the very first pick. It's it's obviously not not under really understanding the game. I think kind of helped others with their selections, but I think I think everyone does have a really good team. Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it's weird to see like Archer second round pick, then third round pick Randy Orton, but then again. Find that Randy Orton went to third round and not being drafted just goes to show Derek was smart to get him by that point. Uh, Sheamus actually did really well for his first week, uh, which annoyed me no end because like he was like losing a lot in the early bit of the season. Yeah, he helped beat Seth Rollins, which saved me from relegation, but he wasn't my best like scoring pick. And then for the first week of this draft, when he's on Derek, he's on somebody else's team. Uh, he's in like a tag team match with the WWE champion where he's probably guaranteed a win I'm like yeah bastard like, hmm. where was this high profile position when you were on that team and you were losing a big E every week I think it'll be a it'll be a slow burner for Sheamus I think he'll obviously he'll get uh, like a few wins coming up to the, uh, the match where, that I think with Drew that's going to happen I think that'll probably be the Royal Rumble match mm-hmm. obviously I don't think he'll win but it's I think they've kind of got a good story going with that, so I think Sheamus will be quite a prominent feature on Raw for this season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's weird, I don't know if he's a, a he's technically a heel, but he's been hanging around with face champion Drew McIntyre. You know, I wouldn't actually be surprised if at some point before the Rumble on episode of Raw, Drew decides, like, Sheamus, you're my pal, How about, why don't you have a WWE title match? He won't win it, but, you know, you'll be putting a title match, which is, again, more high-profile position than James has been in quite a while. So we'll go over to now to War Games and look at everybody's team and see who has, like, the most to gain from War Games. Uh, obviously, David, if you can give your opinion on some of these picks, but obviously it doesn't have to be your official prediction as of yet. We'll get those in a second as I'll read you out the, uh, the suite that has been sent to me from Ross and I will then send him your official predictions. And okay. we'll get to tomorrow uh, on Facebook Live on our community page tomorrow at 3pm, I believe. But uh, we have the Women's War Games and, you know, a lot of people stand to, to benefit from that. If uh, Team Shotzi win, then Jack, who has Shotzi Blackheart, myself, who has Amber uh, Moon, Derek Scott, Io Shirai and Gary has Rhea Ripley. So there's, we all stand to gain points for that. But if Candice Lurie's team win... Then Grant, who's got Tony Storm, he'll get points. Actually, he'll get double points because he's got... Oh, so sorry, that's Ryan, who's got Dukokai, my apologies. So Ryan and Grant, with Dukokai and Tony Storm, respectively, will get points. And has anyone picked Candle Slurry? I'm sure somebody did. Yes, Ross picked Candle Slurry. So there you go. Nobody, everybody except for Raquel Gonzalez got uh, picked this season. So some, uh, some big people who get points here. Who do you guys think is more likely to get the points, Jack. I know you're probably hoping for a team shot to win. Um, I don't know. It's a really tough one. I can't. I. I, I I'm. I'm just going to say Shotzi's team just because I want the points. But just looking at it, even in a booking perspective, I think it's quite tough to call either War Games match. I, I genuinely don't know. I, I said. About, I said on Central that. Like the way that they've been building up Shotzi, you know, the fact that there's a tank as part of the promotion and she used to drive out on a tank and like before this she was hosting Halloween Havoc. They're going all in with her. And I think her team has the, the better chance. And like I know I want Amber Moon to get points, but really 
if even if she loses, I'd take that if we got to see as I mentioned on Central Ember Moon doing an eclipse from off of the cage. That's all I want to see. Hmm. Oh, you're pretty cool, say to be fair. Right, David, I know you've got like no like, chance of getting points this Sunday in terms of the draft. Nah. But what are you thinking about in terms of like how this will go for people uh, for the draft in terms of like, the women's war games? Uh, I think there'll be points all round, hopefully. But I'm I'm gonna save my initial pr- I'm gonna save my prediction for a bit later on. But I think all I'll say is it's gonna be a big points getter uh, because given how many different people's team members are in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's interesting about the, the men's war games is that if Pat's team, the Kings of NXT, win, then uh, Klaku, who's got Lorcan and Birch as his, uh, his tie team, Stephen, who's got Pat McAvey as one of his team, and Peter, Peter Dune, as uh, they've called him, is on his team is on. I'm looking at everybody's team right now and I can't seem to see him. I don't think he's been drafted. Pete um, Dunn, no, no, he's been drafted, Grant. yeah, he's, Pete Dunn is in Grant's team. Yeah, so Grant with Pete, with uh, yeah. Pete Dunn, Walking and Burch on Quacko's team, and Pat McAfee on team's team. So there's three people who gain big points for uh, for that. However, if uh, if Undisputed Era win, only two people stand to benefit from that, and that's me and Ross, because he's got Colin O'Reilly as a tie team, and I've got Fish and Strong as a tie team, and I've also got Fish and Strong as my my captains. And obviously, an Undisputed Era win would would make would that would pay off for me if Undisputed Era won. If Undisputed uh, Air didn't win, I uh, may have to reconsider who I have as my captain because I was hoping to wait till near the Rumble to, to switch my captain to either Big E, depending on how confident I am that they'll win the Rumble, or switch it to Sasha Banks. But for now, I'm hoping to like, be proven right and put my captaincy on Fish and Strong. Who'd I see winning this one? I would not be surprised if For the Brand actually do win. Because I feel this this story isn't ending here, and it would feel as if it ends if Undisputed Era won. Mm-hmm. And I think if they, they I, I don't want they just make this kind of stable and have them lose straight away, especially with Adam Cole beating Pat McAfee before. I feel that uh, you could argue this would make it one apiece if for the brand wins, and I think there could be something further down the line. You could do that, but also, like, most of the teams that get put together for war games are kind of thrown together anyway. And so it kind of could, it kind of could be argued that this team is kind of put together just to, like, like so that the industry there as a face team have a heel group to go up against. And they've been effective as a heel group, and they can kind of keep the feed going some way after this. But, you know, Undisputed Air, kind of, as I said before, made war games kind of their match, which is why I'm hopeful for an Undisputed Air win. Hey, so what's interesting is that there's one match that's got nobody, uh, nobody's pick, and that's the strap match between Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes. Uh, I think that's a definite uh, Loomis win, but David, outside of also your prediction, because we're not getting that yet, but David, do you think it's a mistake that nobody's picked either of these guys? Yeah, I actually forgot about those two because they're actually two of the most entertaining guys on NXT at this stage, so I'm, I'm genuinely surprised that nobody picked them. Because like, it seems like in Season 5, Dead Slumis was like being built up for a big thing. They got that big win at Great American Bash over Roger Strong, and then he sadly got injured. I think now that he's back in the Super Cameron, I think this is kind of a, a way to get uh, Loomis back on track and maybe 
he'll go after whoever wins that North American title match at some point. Tell you, I love Cameron Grimes. I think it's hilarious. I, 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 I see a lot of hate for him, but I think this whole to the moon thing and the way he said his name, I love it. I think he's an entertaining character. I think, he's, I think, he's, I think he's brilliant in NXT. He's an entertaining heel for certain, that, and he gets a reaction, so he's doing his job. Cameron Grimes. Yeah, he's a he's a really effective, that annoying heel. So I think the fact he's getting so much is hopefully a thing that he's doing his job well. But talking about that that triple threat, it's Strax, Vic, Johnny Gargano, Ross's pick, Damian Priest, and Jack, your pick, Leon Ross. Yes. And I think given the triple threat scenario, is it gives Ruff a an opportunity to steal the win again, like not do much, but then kind of just crawl it in when somebody's down, steal the pin, because it has been quite entertaining, his run of him being the North American champion. And I think, if like, sadly, I think if he doesn't win, then I don't see him being much of a factor the rest of the season for you if he doesn't win. I we see if he doesn't win, they've kind of, I think this whole teasing with like Santos Escobar and the, the rest of his stable, I think he could maybe be in line with a cruiserweight shot which would be interesting, but I do I do want him to retain. I think it's been very entertaining, as you said, with this North American title run. I don't think there's much reason for it to stop just yet. Even if he just has it a few weeks more, I'd, I'd be happy with. But, uh, aye, who, who would have thought Leon Ruff would ever be drafted? Huh? <laughs> yeah, who would have thought, but... And Timothy Thatcher was drafted before by Ross. I don't know if he was. I think he was his highest scorer. No. Uh, he's actually one of his lowest scorers. So I think that's probably why he went undrafted. But Tommaso Ciampa has been drafted. And I was saying, Jack, to David on Central that I actually really think this is the hardest one to pick because it wasn't officially confirmed until the go home show. And and you know both guys looked like they could use a big one because you know. Uh, Thatcher lost his big last big takeover match to Balor, and Champa has not really felt like himself since in your house. So it's one of the really hard to predict ones. I've, I've enjoyed it. Obviously, it's been, it's been weird that Champa's went from this full blown heel when he was cutting promos, but having to change the the way the NXT locker room is now. It's just this kind of kind of tweener character all of a sudden. It's mm-hmm. it, it's strange, but I think. There is more benefit to NXT and Timothy Thatcher if Thatcher wins because Jamba's always going to be someone that's over and can pretty much go into any kind of programme. I feel if Thatcher loses this one, it'll be tough to kind of build up any credibility for him, whereas Champa already has that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think Champa is basically Timothy Jamba. I think we all remember how good Champa is. I think some people still need to be reminded how good Timothy Thatcher can be. Although I do worry that if Thatcher, like I'd like to see Thatcher win, but I worry that this will set Champa on a path to just like be like you losing to like newer guys or younger guys because he's kind of made his intentions clear that he never actually wants to leave NXT. So I think at some point they're going to struggle to find a role for him if he sticks around. It's a weird one. Obviously, he spoke about it because of his, his neck. If he went to the main roster, he'd have to retire within a year. At least if he's in NXT, he can do it for a few more. So, I, I feel that I, I, I'll probably get one more great run and 
as long as it's not going to happen yet because I don't think I'll win or Thatcher will get on that and I mentioned somebody who's uh, Dave I'll come to you for this one I'll, somebody who's not on the show uh, I want to mention him do you think the fact that he's not made clear to appear on the show uh, do you think it was a mistake for Ryan to choose Balor for a second season in a row because like you did appear to kind of set up the set the stage for the, the brawl that led to the men's war guys match but do you think uh, it was a mistake to choose Balor for this time around because he's not going to be on NXT TakeOver and he, we don't know when he's actually going to wrestle again? Uh, it was a, a tricky one, but I think uh, I think Ryan may have uh, been a bit hasty picking Finn Balor again because, you know, the, the, given the length of the season, I don't see Balor making as many appearances and with, with him not appearing... At, well, he might appear at the TakeOver in some some capacity, but he's not going to be competing. So at most, you know, he could probably get a couple of points, but uh, it's, um, I don't see Balor giving any benefit to Ryan's team in the, in the long haul. The reason I ask is because like, I want to see champ at some point, have a rematch with carrying cross for the title, but then cross got injured. And so part of my thing is if champ does win, I think maybe it's about time you put him back in the title picture against Balor. Because, you know, Undisputed Era will be busy with, like, Pat McAfee and his team. So I thought maybe a uh, program between Champ and Balor could actually be a decent program for, like, Finn's first, like, for when, for when Finn is medically cleared again. But, you know, it's just a, just my thought. You know, there, there I go, fantasy booking again. <laughs> Who doesn't love fantasy booking, though? <laughs> I know. Uh, but, Dave, I think it's about time we come to you for your official war game prediction mm-hmm. because you're going one-on-one with Daniel Campbell this Sunday at War Games for take the undisputed uh, champion in the SSR and I must be I want to ask you how you feel going is because Daniel Campbell we should not forget even though this is his first title reign in SSR with the SSR title he is not to be underestimated I have learned in quizzes in the Star Wars gauntlet and it came down to me and him at the Rumble quiz Jack, you know how well he does in the, the draft when he was a part of it because it came down to between you and him going back and forth in the final weeks of season six. And also, Dave, in terms of predictions, you and him were the only team, I believe, that actually scored the exact same number of points. You both mm-hmm. scored eight points, which is yep. what actually sealed it for you because Ross and Derek, I believe, got 15 points, but they were different like numbers. So... Like you guys had the exact same number, so I think there's an evenly matched. It shows you're a bit evenly matched there, which is why you're both the co-champions right now. So, like I said, Daniel Campbell, not to be underestimated, uh, he's very knowledgeable, clearly, about wrestling with the, uh, the way he's put together some of the quiz showdowns in the past. So, how are you feeling as a multiple-time A-star champion going into this predictions contest at War Games? Well, I mean, I've won my fair share of sweeps in the past, so I know I can pull it off. And NXT is probably my specialist subject in a lot of aspects, but uh, there's always either one or two that can always trip me up, you know, whether it's the person who gets pinned or, you know, who's going to enter first. That's where I might slip up. But usually with actually predicting match results, I'm usually quite good at that. So... If it's all right, I'd like to start from the bottom and work my way up, you know, towards the two sort of war games matches because there's a bit more, a bit more choices to make on that front. Yeah, sure. Uh, like I said, I'm very interested to see how this how this goes again because I think this could 
Uh, but they feel really either way because I said Daniel Campbell shouldn't be underestimated. David, if, if uh, NXT is your special subject, why don't you pick it as such when I ask you what's your wrestling special subject for Quiz Showdown 5? Well, because it's, it's so diverse at this stage and Money in the Bank, you know, it's a bit, bit more specific. So I'd, uh, I was easier to keep track of. And given how well I did the NXT quiz as well, that's kind of what put me off. Fair enough. But we'll go through the card. I guess it's Timothy Thatcher versus Tommaso Jambo. Start from the bottom and work our way up. So Thatcher versus Jambo. We just talked about it there. Who do you think, David, is winning this match? I'm going with Tommaso Ciampa. I think, you know, he's had a bit of a tough year. Uh, because last time he was on a takeover, he got squashed by carrying cross. So I think he needs another win to bounce back. Thatcher, you know, he's got consistent booking on TV. He's getting wins there. I think he just needs a little bit more time to be crafted into a, a top takeover performer. So I'm going to go with Champa on this one. Fair enough. Chance of Champa, especially locked in. A strap match, Cameron Graham versus Dexter Loomis. Who do you have? Dexter Loomis. Yeah, he's undefeated in strap matches on NXT. He's beaten Roderick Strong before. And I think it's time, you know, as entertaining as this feud's been, I think Loomis needs to move on up uh, to possibly challenging for North American titles. So, yeah, I'm going to go with Loomis on this one. Now, from here on, this is where the bonus points and bonus questions start to factor in. I think, I think mm. this is where it's going to come down to between you and uh, Daniel because, again, like you said, you both scored the exact same number of points. At Savari Street, so it may come down to uh, who, some of these bonus questions that you put down answers for to see who gets, who kind of breaks the uh, any potential ties. So the triple threat match, Leon Roth versus Damien Priest for Strong Girl, I need, I need to know who you have won in this match, and also for the bonus, who do you have getting pinned in the match? I'm going to be bold here, and I'm going to go with Leon Roth. Yes! Because... <laughs> You know, I think his fluky wins out of nowhere is going to be a sort of running thing for NXT. And I think he needs to be continued to be built up as some kind of, in some kind of position on regular NXT TV. Like Johnny Gargano arrived with these ghost faces at ringside. I think they could potentially end up distracting Priest. And on that front, you know, Johnny thinks he has the match won. But then Ruff ro- gets him with a, another schoolboy roll-up or another convoluted uh, pinning predicament. So... I'm going to say Leon Ruff is winning and Gargano's getting pinned. All right. Now, with the War Games matches, this is where it really comes down. To, you really think hard about this one because when do you say, I'll start with the Women's War Games. Mm-hmm. And you I, say, which, which team do you think is going to win? You need to, who you think the, the, who will start for each team and uh, pair correct one, you get two points. So mm-hmm. if you got like who started right, for Shotzi's team right, but didn't get for uh, for Candice's right, you'd get two points. But if you got both right, you'd get four points. And yep, also, yep. there's a situation of who gets pinned, who takes yep. the pin. Yeah. Okay, so I was a bit torn on this one because I think either of these War Games matches could go either way. But I think for storyline purposes and in order to make Shotzi a bigger name, I'm actually going to go with Team Shotzi. You know, she has the War Games advantage. Uh, and I think, well... History tells us that though the team with the advantage often loses. I think this might be the exception in this case. So I think I've got Team Shotzi to win. The two that are going to start are going to be Ember Moon and Tony Storm, given that they had that angle on NXT where Tony turned on Ember. I know they're both uh, they're both strong competitors. I could see them them two go in the distance, definitely. And it gives them a nice sort of little one-to-one with each other. 
following the heel turn. Who's getting pinned and who gets the pin? That is a bit more tricky. So I, uh, I'm going to go with Io Shirai is the one to score the pin, given that she's the women's champion. I think she needs a strong showing. And the person that gets pinned is probably going to be Candice herself because it's usually the, the team captain that ends up getting pinned. So, yeah. To reiterate, Team Shotzi is going to win. Ember Moon and Tony Storm start off, and Io Shirai pins Candice. Enough. Uh, I do agree with you. Like, eventually, I do think uh, the person, the team with the advantage does have to win, even though traditionally they don't, because eventually like the advantage becomes meaningless if the team with the advantage doesn't win at least once. And, you know, given that it's the faces of the advantage, I can see somebody getting attacked beforehand so the heels can try and null and void the advantage. And then that final member of the facing eventually comes at the end for some dramatic run-in to save the day. You know, maybe maybe it's EO who gets taken out, but she comes back at the end to save the team and do a big dive off the cage. We never know. That'd be amazing. But I need to take this bloody fancy picking hat off. It's really getting annoying now. But <laughs> to the men's war games with the same uh, questions as the women's one. This was the hardest one to call because For the Brand has been a very big heel faction on NXT lately. And they're still in early stages of development. So they could do with a big win. On the other hand, Undisputed Era have lost the last two War Games matches. And I think they're due a win in one of them to show that they're still able to to hold their own as a, as a unit. So, my head is saying one thing, my heart's saying another. And I often do go with my head on this. But in this instance, I'm going to stick with my boys. I'm going with the Undisputed Era to win this. Fucking ripped that one there, David. Jesus. I know. Fucking <laughs> the tension. The tension. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I have... Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn to start off. And I have Adam Cole pinning Pat McAfee. I do think if Unsweet Hour are going to win, then McAfee is probably a smart choice to, to take the pin, you know. It doesn't take anything away from the rest of for the brand, but Pat needs to get his ass kicked. Yeah, I think I think so, given that he's been like the, the loud mouth of the, the team, him, the idea of him getting his like, comeuppance uh, I think it's, it's smart. And also he has the history with Cole as before when they had that match at TakeOver 30. So I'll just read this back just so we're clear that it's locked in. Champa, Loomis, Leon Ruff with Gargano getting pinned. Team Shotzi to win war games. Ember Moon and Tony Starr to start with her for, for their respective teams. Yoshi will get the pin for our team pinning Candice LeRae. Undisputed Era will win the men's war games with Strong and Pete Dunne starting for their teams. And Adam Cole will pin Pat McAvey for the win. Yeah, that's it. All right, I am officially saying this to Ross. And with that click of a button, it's locked in. There's no turning back. Right, I think that's the best I can do, to be honest. it's uh, That men's war games had me flip-flopping for a good while. So this is... Uh, I hope it pays off and I can walk out as, very fittingly, the undisputed ESSR <laughs> champion. Dave, if yeah. you walk out, the champion, I guess I'll be having to see you next Saturday, eh? Mm, is that is that say you're going to be using your opportunity if I win? 
Well, it's got to be in the first the first show that we appear against against each other, and I can't do it against a co-champion now. Yeah, that so is if you fair. do become the champ, then it needs to be next Saturday. Very well. I'll oh. see you then. Oh, is this official then, Jack? Is this official that, like, are you going to catch and even if, even if it's a uh, Daniel that wins? Hey, well, 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 once the undisputed champion is decided, if it is Dave that wins, it needs to be next week. If not, I need to get a show with Daniel pretty soon. That's quite yeah, right, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I, I completely understand. But, uh, so, David, as I do wish you the best of luck in your, your match with Daniel Campbell. But also, again, you should be wary that it looks like uh, Jack Graham will be ready to cash in his jack opportunity if if you do come in as the champion, and I think it'll be it'll be very interesting for most of us to kind of be sitting back and watching war games, mainly thinking about how it'll affect us draft wise, and not have to worry about predictions, with the exception of yourself and Daniel. Uh, we'll wait. We'll wait and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should be very interesting. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what uh, happens, and it should be a hell of a night at war games. And we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Saturday Live, the first episode of Season 7. Yes, it went a bit longer than usual, but there's usually a lot to look at for the first week and also with war games coming up. And now we're into just the Listening League and Purgatory. A lot more to talk about. And I think we, we firmly called it down the middle for the most part. You know, I, I kept my promise. Uh, just called it like I see it. And I want to thank my co-hosts for joining me once again for the first pick of the season. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what uh, the post-war games uh, episode Saturday have has in store for us. Uh, thank you to Jack Graham. Hi, thanks, Scott. And thank you to maybe, potentially, it's 50-50, the undisputed champion of the SSR coming out of war games, David Hockney. I will see you next week. Sports Social Podcast Network.